Good morning. You are listening to Roadmap to Heaven right here on Covenant Network. I'm Adam Wright with you on this Monday morning, October 11th, and it is so good to be with you. Let's begin our day, our week, as we always do in prayer, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day for all the intentions of your Sacred Heart in union with the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world. In reparation for my sins, for the intentions of all my relatives and friends, and in particular for the intentions of the Holy Father. Amen. We dedicate all of our thoughts, words, and actions to the greater glory of God. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, I hope you had a great weekend. I hope your Monday is off to a good start. Today's a great reminder for me on the importance of our first vocation. In fact, I've had to make some adjustments to my morning routine this morning because our normal plan for getting the kids to school was not possible today. And luckily, we knew that in advance. It wasn't a last-minute thing or a sudden crisis or, or something like that. Everything's well. It's just, you know, the option we normally have wasn't an option today. And You know, sometimes in life that can be incredibly frustrating for me to say, wait, you want me to adjust what I'm doing because you can't do what you've been helping me out to do? And how selfish is that? So it's been a great reminder for me that, listen, you know, before everything else, I'm Catholic, I'm a husband, and I'm a father. I've got a job to help get my wife to heaven and prepare my children for heaven. God willing, they'll outlive me, so they're going to have to do some of the work on their own, but I'm here to lay the foundation for them. And so sometimes we have to say yes to those first things. And really the question I wrestle with is, am I going to be a grump about it or am I going to be joyful about it? So this Monday morning, I am aspiring to be joyful about it. And, uh, you know, that that's the choice that I am going to make. We continue this month with our month dedicated to the Holy Rosary. I hope that you were able to participate in some of the events over the weekend, whether it was the Marian processions or the Rosary rallies. If not, that's okay. Think about this. Every rosary you pray is good and efficacious. Every rosary I pray is good and efficacious. If, if, if nothing else, it's 15 minutes I wouldn't have spent in prayer had I not prayed the rosary, and that is a good thing. What was I going to fill that time with that would be better than going to our Blessed Mother? Some show, some video, you know, some game, just noodling around on my guitar? No, going to the Blessed Mother, taking that time each and every day to go to her and through her to our Lord is a wonderful, wonderful invitation. So today we continue that as well. And, you know, I can't help but think that we have a mission to go out to the whole world. So that's my other challenge for myself And maybe for you this week is, are we taking the rosary out there with us or are we keeping it to ourselves? You know, on the Radiothon last, well, no, it wasn't last week. It was the week prior. Wow, how time flies. Uh, We had someone say, you know, I I heard the story and it went basically like this. Can you imagine if you were up at the gates of heaven and your neighbor was behind you in line? And I don't, you know, theologically, I'm not quite certain that's how it works. But for the purposes of a story, we'll go with it. You're in line at the pearly gate. St. Peter's getting ready to let you in to go for your particular judgment. And uh, your neighbor comes out shaking his head and says, well, I didn't make it. I've got to go to hell. And you say, what? And he goes, well, how'd you get here? And so, well, I've been praying the rosary every day. And uh, I found out that, you know, that was really the key to growing in holiness. And and by the grace of God, that's a large part of how I get to be in heaven. He goes, well, you never told me about the rosary. Why, Why didn't you tell me about the rosary? 
Friends, in a day and age where we put our meals, pictures of our meals and text messages and social media posts and say, you wouldn't believe what I had to eat. Why would we not share the rosary with our friends? So let's endeavor to do that this week. We do have a lot coming up on the show today. We are going to be talking about the rosary. How many rosaries should we pray a day? And we're going to dive into a great prayer, the Litany of Humility with Monsignor Morris. We were able to go on the road recently to visit with him. You're listening to Roadmap to Heaven. Don't go anywhere. It's been a while since we have been on the road to the Oratory of Saints Gregory and Augustine, but like all things we know, the time will come, and we are happy to be back today with Monsignor Eugene Morris, Rector of the Oratory. Monsignor, always good to be with you. Adam, it's very good to be with you as well, and I am saddened that it has been a while, so I'm glad we are back together again. That's the life of a rector and of a Monsignor. There, there are important things that you have to tend to that only you can tend to, and we have a lot of people that can talk on the radio. So, Well, you know, I enjoy talking on the radio too. So it's a it's a win-win, but thank you. It's good to be here. It, it is good to be back. Today, uh, you know, though we're, we're not here to extol ourselves Indeed. on the radio. We are here to talk about this wonderful litany of humility that we received from Cardinal Mary Duvall. Um, it's one we've prayed on the air, broken down really into two essential parts. Before we do that, let's uh, offer a little prayer. Is let's that all right? do that. All right. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. And gracious and merciful Father, through the intercession of your Son, who is our Lord and Savior, we pray for the strength to give ourselves completely into your hands through a, a more fervent practice of the virtue of humility. Let us allow you to make up for that which is lacking in us, and let us allow your spirit to guide the blessings and strengths you've bestowed upon us. We make this prayer through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. See, a great moment of humility right there, remembering this is not even about us. This is about growing closer to our Lord. So we have this wonderful litany of humility to help us with that, broken down really into two parts, a part where we ask to be delivered from a number of things, yes. a litany of things, if we, we could, and then the other part of the litany, asking for the grace to desire certain things. What can you tell us about this litany? So the litany is attributed to Cardinal Mary Duvall, who was the Secretary of State under Pius IX—no, Pius X, excuse me, the saint, because Pius X described him as the holiest man in Rome, and of course is coming from a man who himself is a saint. Cardinal Mary Duvall is buried actually in the crypt of St. Peter's Basilica, and while this is attributed to him, there also is conversation as to this litany predating him by some several centuries, actually. So I think the attribution of it is more that he encouraged and exhorted people to pray it on a daily basis. Uh, the litany came to me actually through a very beautiful priest in the Archdiocese of St. Louis, Father Ira Bell who has long since passed, who I met as a young seminarian who gave me the chalice, which I still use today for daily mass from Monsignor Winter. And it was in conversation with Father Bell, in addition to exhorting me to make sure I did my holy hour, which he had heard from Archbishop Fulton Seen when he was a young priest, he said, pray the litany of humility after every celebration of mass, which was the custom for Cardinal Mary Duvall. And I had I began that and have continued that, few exceptions, but but not many. 
And uh, it is a wonderful exhortation to that central virtue. We cannot grow in virtue if we are not striving at the same time we're trying to achieve other particular virtues, always diligent in practicing the virtue of humility. And I probably suspect that part of our conversation will go through some of these things that we are seeking to avoid and also those things that we are desiring to embrace. But as I tell people, because I exhort my faithful to pray this all the time, is that when you begin praying it, God is going to answer it. And one of the things about the virtue of humility, to quote St. Francis de Sales, is you cannot grow in humility unless you are humiliated, which means you are going to be, there are going to be experiences if you want to grow in this virtue where you're going to have to be seen as foolish in the sight of men. And it, it's going to have to be an act. It can't just be the perception thereof. Something is going to happen to you where you might be embarrassed or ashamed or uh, vilified or calumniated or whatever it might be. Well, and that's what I was going to ask about, because as we look at this first section of the litany where we pray from X, Y, or Z, deliver me Jesus. The, the first half of that section, we look at some things that we would all want in our lives. We want to be loved. We want to be extolled. We want to be honored. I'd like to be praised. I'd like to be preferred to others or consulted or approved. These are all things that when they happen, we think, oh, isn't that such a great thing that someone loves me, that someone wanted my advice on something. And yet we're praying, Lord, deliver me from that desire of these places of honor. It is because the, you know the spiritual life and, and the fulfillment of the spiritual life involves being able to accept from God whatever it is that God bestows upon me. And that even means in a sense, not in a sense, it means letting go of consolations as well. Not that consolations are bad, they're, they're good actually. I mean, Ignatius of Loyola exhorts us to store up consolations against those times of desolation, lest we lose sight of the power of God in our lives. But as we grow in the spiritual life, hopefully we even let go of those, meaning my only desire is to love God. And even if that experience of loving Him on my own kind of lived daily life is bereft of the consolations that often come from loving God, I'm still content to love Him. And so the first part is let go of these things that are praiseworthy, being extolled, honored, praised, consulted, approved, loved. Those aren't bad things. Obviously, they're very good things. But let me let go of everything so that God can be the only thing. Now, does that mean we should reject these things if someone offers us love or praise or honor or comes to us for consultation? Um, or we can accept them humbly and realize at the end of the day it's not about us. That's correct. So, the, 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 again, the ancient wisdom is all the things that are good come from God, all the things that are bad are of my own. And so if indeed these virtues are bestowed upon me, if people do love me or honor me or acknowledge me, the virtue, as, we, as we're praying it, seeking that humility, is to accept that. And, and in a sense, to accept that as a manifestation of God's presence in my life and something I think we often forget, my cooperation with that grace— um, one of the things that my faithful will always remind me, because they are very, very supportive of me, for which I'm very extremely grateful, is all the good things that continue to be happening here at the Oratory, and they will thank me for that. And my immediate response, not a false humility, is that this is God's work. And they will come back and say, it, yes, that is true, but you're also His instrument. So basically, shut up and accept the compliment. 
which is what we need to do sometimes, shut up and just accept it. Uh, it doesn't, because really, it doesn't necessarily have to be about you. And if you actually understand that, then your response is simply to say, thank you. And in your heart, recognize what God is doing in you and through you and with you. I think in one of our segments with Father Wade Meniz, as we talked about that, that if the vice on one end is pride, in the middle is humility, but on the other extreme is the self-deprecation that we would not accept any praise or any good word. And that in itself becomes a form against humility because the humble person would just say thank you and, and move on, you know. Because again, recognizing that the virtue of humility engenders in us a complete and total confidence in the goodness of God. So to be so thoroughly self-deprecating that I can't recognize my contribution in that is to somehow say that God, while right straight with crooked lines, certainly doesn't use evil to bring about good. So there must be something good about me. And if I cannot see that, God can. And again, that should be sufficient. I should be able to rest comfortably in that. Now, as we look at the second part of this section, we're still asking to be delivered from things. And I notice that we pray from the fear of suffering rebukes, from the fear of being calumniated, from the fear of being forgotten, ridiculed, wrong, suspected. We are not asking our Lord to deliver us from being rebuked or from being forgotten. Deliver me, Lord, from being forgotten. But from the fear, does that mean we should expect that as we grow closer to our Lord, all of these things, suffering rebukes, having false things said against us, being forgotten, ridiculed, wrong, suspected, we should expect those to happen? I don't know if I would say we should expect those to happen as if it is cause and effect, meaning the closer we grow to the Lord, these are the things that happen, because we know the converse is more true, and that is the closer we grow to the Lord the better we actually really are able to grow in that virtue of love for love's sake. But it does mean that we have to prepare ourselves for these realities. And in truth, we know that again from the world in which we live today and and how much Catholicism has been pushed to the fringes. Christianity writ large, but certainly the fullness that is our faith has been pushed to the side. We are being mocked and ridiculed and wronged and being falsely accused and being suspected. We have to accept that. And again, what humility should be fostering in us is uh, a freedom and really even a joy. So again, my, my hero Ignatius of Loyola enjoins us to accept the sufferings and to embrace the cross with joy, or that beautiful Franciscan image of the arm of our Lord who's on the cross around the shoulder of St. Francis, and that, that intimacy that Francis had, the first to receive the stigmata. We, we don't run away from the cross. Um, we embrace them when they come, and we embrace them with joy. And so what this is asking, as we remove that fear, which is an obstacle, Because once that obstacle is removed, it does allow us to not only accept the ridicule, the mockery, the suspicions, but to accept them with joy. And that's the key, the joy in the midst of the suffering, not with resignation or any sense of defeat, but really, again, my, one of my, and I know I've quoted it many times because I love it, uh, the apostles went away rejoicing they'd been found worthy to suffer in the name of the Lord. That's what we want for ourselves. Friends, we're going to take a break. We will be back after this. We were recently on the road over to the Oratory of Saints Gregory and Augustine to talk with Monsignor Eugene Morris about the Litany of Humility. 
So let's take a trip on the road. We move from asking for deliverance from things now to asking our Lord for the grace to desire certain things, that others may be esteemed more than I, that in the opinion of the world others may increase and I may decrease, that others may be chosen and I set aside, others may be praised and I unnoticed, that others may be preferred to me in everything. And, and this one always I take note of, that others may become holier than I, provided that I may become as holy as I should. We ask Jesus to grant us the grace to desire all of these things. There's a lot to unpack here. There is. I think the, 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 my, my first thought is, if you look again at this litany in its three parts, being delivered from desires, being delivered from fear, and now all of these are directed toward the other. So they really are a, a perfect articulation of the virtue of love in the Christian dispensation. Love as Christ loves us, which we know had to cre- create a new word to describe it, means we love the other more than we love ourselves. That's what this litany is actually asking from us. Not just that these things would happen to other people, but that they would happen in a way that I would be outshined by them as they happen to other people. So their esteem, their their increase and my decrease, their being chosen and praised and preferred and holy. It's not just that I want you to be holy. I want you to be holier than I am. I want you to be more esteemed. I want you to be preferred, because that's what love is. It is more concerned about you than it is myself. So you start with this litany by being emptied. Then in that that paucity, you also remove any obstacles that would uh, possibly take up that space of that poverty that you've created by letting go of these things. And then you now move to this last beautiful piece and you allow yourselves to be filled because others are filled. This is what's radical about Christianity. We forget this. We talk about love, love this, love that, da, 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 da. We use the word and we've emptied of its content. It's more by like and feel and affective and emotional. Love is the cross. Love is more of the other and less of myself. And that's precisely what you're asking for here. Yes, you're asking for specific things. And like you, that last one is the one that always gets me, that I, that others become holier than I, provided I become as holy as I should. And when you think about it, that's how it should be. As long as I'm doing the things I'm supposed to be doing, that which God wants to give to me will come. But what I want is not just those things that God wants to give to me. I want better things for everybody else than myself. I think of it this way. If, if life is a race, as St. Paul would write, run so as to win, um, I also think of exams. And a good friend of ours uh, recently took a test, and he passed. There's a minimum passing score. And if you pass, you get the designation, the professional designation that he sought. And so if I am as holy as I should be, then God willing, I will get to heaven. And so I hope my kids are holier than I am, because if I'm as holy as I should be, and that gets me to heaven, if they're even holier, then God willing, they'll for sure be in heaven. It's, it's kind of a weird way to think of it. but Well, I mean, I think, I think even to distill it even further is if you want to get to heaven, the holiness you seek has to involve the desire that other people get there, not just with you, but before you. Or maybe they get there and actually you don't. And that's the sacrifice that you would have to make. I would often describe with some of my directees that the life of a priest, I borrowed this from a secular movie, but I think it some works a little bit for, for the priest as well. We're sin eaters. We consume so much of the 
the difficulty and the detritus of the, of the human condition, not only by hearing confessions particularly, but then also by making ourselves available for spiritual counseling, being with people in the midst of suffering, walking with them in their journeys. We take a lot of, in a sense, difficult things and we absorb them. That then in some ways just opens us as priests to the potential of maybe frustration and sadness and despair and anxiety, all, you know, all the things that would come from bearing the burdens of others. But if I'm truly seeking holiness for myself, then it's always going to be, but if this is the sacrifice I have to make so they can get to heaven, okay, I'm, I'll run the risk in a sense of, of placing myself in positions that are always going to bring me a little bit closer to sin. But who did that? What does St. Paul tell us? He who did not know sin took on all sin so that we might be set free from sin. So this is exactly the Christian life, to take on the unthinkable that God, the uncreated, would take on the one thing that the human person created, and that was sin, in order that we can be set free from sin, becomes the example of what love consists of. And that is, I will take on anything, even those things that might be harmful to me. So, you know, for your kids, you would consume poison if that meant that they could live. You would kill yourself. You would offer your life, literally. And we wouldn't even think about it. You don't have to even conceptualize. Think about, what are the situations where I would save my, my children? Every situation. You don't even think about it. That's what it means to love, and that's what we're searching for when we're looking for these, these last virtues. We want them, yes. We want them more for others. As we record today, and it's towards the end of September, and by the time we get to play this, it will be mid-October, some things will have changed. Right now, I'm on day 21 of the preparation for Marian consecration given by St. Louis de Montfort, and um, we had also hoped today to record another segment on withdrawing from the world, which we'll have to postpone for another time. But those two things are tangentially connected to this. That as we talk about emptying myself so that I can go to our Lord through Mary, become a slave for the Blessed Mother, become a slave for our Lord. Well, does the slave do what he wants, or does the slave do what the master wants? You do what the master wants. And as we talk about detachment and withdrawing from a world that says, you, 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 seek out the best you can get, the highest position, walk over anyone you need to walk over to get there. It's all about what you want to do, up to and including the taking of innocent human life through the tragedy of abortion. Uh, we're trying to get away from what the world's saying. We're trying to live for the eternal this is a very powerful prayer, then, for us as we strive to do that. Adam, without a doubt, uh, I would encourage all of the Covenant Network family that's listening to let this be a part of their daily prayer. In addition to, hopefully, frequent Mass, certainly the daily recitation of the Rosary, according to the exhortation of Our Lady at Fatima, this should also be a part of your prayer, whatever else you do. And so if the only thing that you're able to do during the course of a week is to pray your rosary and pray this litany, you will be doing something very good, because it does, it works, it brings you away from yourself. I, I want to touch a little bit as you talk about your consecration, which as you say will hopefully be complete by maybe or being closer to completion. That image, of course, that St. Louis de Montfort uses of the slave, the loss of Our Lady, of course, is extremely offensive to the politically correct society and culture. We cannot in any way extol the virtue of slavery. And of course, in kind of in the more modern conceptualization of that, we shouldn't, obviously. No one is saying that being a slave as slavery has existed, whether in this nation or throughout history, is a good thing. 
but this again is in the Christian dispensation because this slavery actually is one that sets us free. This slavery, which is radically dependent upon the master, is not cruel or unusual. Uh, it doesn't dismiss our dignity. It doesn't beat us down. It doesn't destroy. It doesn't separate. It does the exact opposite. And again, notice God in through his saints, uh, how beautiful he actually is, that he takes something, again, that the human person has perverted and turns it upside down and uses it now through this beautiful consecration as a way of helping us understand. I am the I, and I know the community knows this, I'm, I'm, I'm a black man, talk about myself as a slave to Mary. Well, wait a minute, dude, you can't do that. You're, you, uh, you hear people there, I'm, you don't get it. You don't get it. This, this is exactly not only what I want to be, but who I actually need to be. And if you understood that, you would embrace this slavery with the same degree of joy and enthusiasm as all those others that you're experiencing now who've gone through, who have consecrated themselves through St. Louis de Montfort's consecration. Venerable Archbishop Fulton Sheen writes about this in one of the many books I'm reading right now, and he talks about three different kinds of slavery. The slavery to our base passions that we should work to overcome. You know, oh, I just can't stop eating this pizza, or I just can't stop, you know, I, I, I have to do this all the time because I just love it. We become enslaved to our own passions. We should work to avoid that. The involuntary slavery, which you mentioned, which is you know just a sad component of human history through through many many ages and nations, but then he gets to this voluntary slavery, and he gives us as the first example of the voluntary slavery to our Lord, who the Blessed Mother, who freely, very 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 freely, by virtue of her immaculate conception, gives herself over fully to our Lord with her fiat. And that's the language that she uses. I am the, we translate it as servant. The Greek, I think, is doulos, which is better translated as a slave. I am the slave of the Lord. Be it done to me according to thy word. And of course, what is one of the insights from St. Bernardine of Siena, who wrote beautifully about Our Lady in every aspect of her life, but extols especially her humility, because it made her, he says, the, Our Lady's perfect practice of humility, it's a beautiful image, made her the perfect wheel of the Holy Spirit to be moved at the promptings of the Holy Spirit at any time in any direction. That humility that makes it possible for us to give ourselves completely in the hands of the Lord and to be guided wherever it is that he wants to lead us. I can think of no better way to conclude this segment than by asking you, could we pray this litany together with our listeners? By all means. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Jesus, meek and humble of heart, hear me. From the desire of being esteemed, deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being loved, deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being extolled, deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being honored, deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being praised, deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being preferred to others, deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being consulted, deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being approved, deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being humiliated, deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being despised, deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of suffering rebuke, Deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being calumniated. Deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being forgotten. Deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being ridiculed. Deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being wronged. Deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being suspected. Deliver me, Jesus. That others may be loved more than I. Jesus, grant me the grace to desire it. That others may be esteemed more than I. Jesus, grant me the grace to desire it. That in the opinion of the world others may increase and I may decrease. Jesus, grant me 
me the grace to desire it. That others may be chosen and I set aside. Jesus, grant me the grace to desire it. That others may be praised and I unnoticed. Jesus, grant me the grace to desire it. That others may be preferred to me in everything. Jesus, grant me the grace to desire it. That others may become holier than I provided that I become as holy as I should. Jesus, grant me the grace to desire it. And may the blessing of Almighty God, of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, descend upon you and remain with you forever. Amen. Amen. Well, once again, Monsignor, thank you so much for having us here at the Oratory of Saints Gregory and Augustine. Friends, you're listening to Roadmap to Heaven. We will be back after this. Well, here we are on this Monday. It's time for a new week of Daily Doses of Encouragement with Patty Schneier. And this week, we are going to be talking about someone that we are all called to love. Patty, so good to have you with us. Well, hi, Adam, and hello, listeners. Uh, It's another week, another topic for our Daily Dose of Encouragement. And this week, I want to talk about love for our priests. I think this is very, very important. I am the mother of a priest, so actually it's very near and dear to my heart. But actually, the love for our priests is something that in our family started long before my son's vocation to the priesthood. And I can honestly say I think it makes a difference for our priests. So I'm going to give a couple of suggestions. If you have a love for priests, and I think we all should try to foster this, there's something very simple that you can do. Talk to your priest after Mass. Sounds crazy, but many people just walk out of church. They don't stop to talk to Father. Think about that. Father... This on Sunday, that's his family day. You are his family. We, the church, are his family. It's his chance to talk with his family. So stop after Mass. Thank him for Mass. Say, Father, thank you for bringing us the Eucharist. Or thank you for a beautiful Mass. Thank your priest every Sunday as you walk out of church. Shake his hand. Stop and talk to him. The other thing is, I think this is very, very important for children, for families with children. Your children need to grow up learning that we stop after Mass and talk to Father, and we thank Father for bringing us the Eucharist. Your children are watching. They'll learn a very important message by this one small, tiny act of just showing love for priests by stopping and talking to them after Mass every Sunday. A great reminder for us on this Monday. Friends, I want to thank Patty Schneier for this daily dose of encouragement. Prayer to the Blessed Virgin. Oh Mary, you desire so much to see Jesus loved. If you love me, this is the favor which I ask of you, to obtain for me a great personal love of Jesus Christ. You obtain from your Son whatever you please. Pray then for me that I may never lose the grace of God and that I may increase in holiness and perfection from day to day. By that grief which you severed on Calvary, when you beheld Jesus expire on the cross, obtain for me a happy death, that by loving Jesus and you, my mother, on earth I may receive the reward of loving and blessing you eternally in heaven. We are back. Lots of great things uh, for us today in the show, and I really want to thank Father Goring and Monsignor Morris for that. I think before us, you know, we have a lot to to really put into action. And I know for me recently, having done the consecration to our Blessed Mother by St. Louis de Montfort, uh, it, it, it strikes a chord 
with humility. And Dan Vonderhaar and I have been joking about this back and forth, the, the one reflection that said, you know, you are so low that you are like food for worms. And, and it's just funny because it's like, oh, we're, we're not even worms. We're the stuff that worms eat. But it's, it's really a great reminder for me that um, as great as I think I am, I pale in comparison to what God has done for me. Because if, if God were an accountant— and you add up all the good things I've done and all the bad things I've done, can I honestly say with great confidence that the, the good would outnumber the bad, especially if they're judged on severity? I don't know. I mean, I don't want to make it sound like I'm some terrible, terrible person, um, but could I really give account for all of my sins? The good news is, friends, if we have the humility to accept the fact that we're not perfect, go to our Lord in the Eucharist to be sustained and strengthened Go to our Lord in the Sacrament of Reconciliation to receive forgiveness for our sins with a contrite heart, and then turn constantly to the intercession, and I mean constantly, to the intercession of our Blessed Mother, then I think we will be in a good position. In fact, let's let's close the show today uh, praying to her. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. All glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, that's our show for today, Growing in Holiness with Humility and with the Rosary. I want to give you a challenge this week. If you're not praying that rosary every day, this is the week, well, this is the month, not just the week. It's the month of the Holy Rosary. So can you pray a rosary today? In my testimony about the rosary, I often talk about how the Blessed Mother has made one thing very clear for me. Don't worry about tomorrow. Don't worry about next week, next month, or even next year if you're not going to worry about today. So worry about today. Can you pray the rosary today? If you need a little help, 10 o'clock, we're going to pray it right here on the air on Covenant Network. Or go to our website, ourcatholicradio.org. Go to our Covenant Network app. You can get it in the App Store, the Google Play Store. It's got rosary recordings right there. Whatever you need to do in this month of the rosary, let's start praying the rosary together each and every day. For all of us here at Covenant Network, I'm Adam Wright. You've been listening to Roadmap to Heaven. Pray your rosary today.